Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Unnecessary Roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole, first down, end zone, touchdown, touchdown Raiders, would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And welcome back into the show, Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920, hour number two. And if you're just tuning in, you're thinking, hour number two, what you talking about, Q? Well, we started a little early today. Got started at 1 o'clock because JT the Brick is off, and he'll be off again tomorrow. I believe Harry Ruiz is going to be in, uh, filling in for him. He's the Latino voice of the the Silver and Black and uh, does a very good job on the radio, and I think he'll uh, have fun with the show tomorrow. So uh, Harry Ruiz, you can tune in to him. He'll be on at noon. And then uh, myself and Damon will be here from 2 to 4, and then Vinny, of course, from 4 to 6. And then on Wednesday, JT will be back. And then on Thursday and Friday, JT will be back out. So uh, then we'll have... uh, Eddie Pascal and Jason Fitz uh, filling in for JT on Thursday and Friday. So a lot of moving parts. Guys trying to get a little bit of R&R, a little downtime while uh, while we can because we know that the season is a grind. I always tell the wife, hey, um, yeah, during the offseason, as soon as football is over, yeah, we can go do this. We can go do that. And I realized this year that there really is no downtime. <laughs> There really isn't, especially with there being 18 weeks now and the way that the season wraps up, you get into the playoffs and then boom, Super Bowl, then free agency. And it's like boom, 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 boom. So when you get a quick second to catch a break, you got to do it. So starting on Wednesday, I'm going to actually be on vacation till next week until all the way through uh, Wednesday to basically Wednesday to Wednesday. I'll, I'll be off on Wednesday and I'll be back next Wednesday. And uh, so then we'll have some other guys in here filling in for me as well. So just a little bit of programming notes, just something to to look forward to and know that that's going on as well because, again, we got to get a little downtime when we can. But we've been talking and had the whole last hour, we had Zach Stevens, Broncos beat writer on, talking about the, the Broncos schedule as the Raiders are, are going to be pl- playing the Broncos at Allegiant Stadium week four. And I uh, just wanted to get his thoughts on the Broncos, their schedule, what it looks like, how he thinks that the AFC West is going to shape up with Denver as they're very much hyped right now. They have so much hype. And Zach said he's believing the hype. But he understands where I'm skeptical and why others would be skeptical as well because there's a lot to there's a lot of things that they have to improve. Demond brought it up. He said, "Hey, their defense is going to be isn't going to be as good under uh, not having Nick Vic Fangio there because he's a fantastic defensive coordinator. So their defense has got to take a step back." Exactly. So it's just one of those things where the hype where everyone's he even said Zach Stevens that maybe every team in the division has ten wins or multiple you know wins mm-hmm. like that. But I don't see Denver doing it. For me, I just do not believe the hype. You know what's funny, though, about their defense is everyone talks about, including myself, that Vic Fangio is such a great defensive mind and everything, but the Raiders really had their way with them. They've been fine. I mean, it's not like Denver has just been slowing down. You know, they weren't slowing down the Raiders or stopping them. or what. I mean, the Raiders were winning games. They swept them the last two seasons, so uh, Vic Fangio's defense wasn't that great, you know? So, uh, I don't know. I, I do think they take a step back as far as defense goes. Obviously, it's an upgrade at the quarterback position. I just have so many questions. So many questions about that team. And then if that team goes 9-8 and eight in Denver, maybe they should look and say, hey, that's still a good season for those guys. Because they are the team that was that's just being given so many wins by the experts. Right, right. But I just don't see it happening. But if they do go 9-8, and eight, hey, that's still a good season for you guys, Denver. Right. No, I mean, it, it is. And I don't even remember what their uh, what their record was last year, but I know it wasn't good. 
<laughs> you know, I mean, I, I know that. I know that was the case. I could look at it real quick. It was Denver went seven and ten. So yeah, if they if they are above five hundred, then of course that's a that's a good record. That's a better record. But you know, you look at the record last year. The Chiefs were twelve and five. The Raiders were ten and seven. The Chargers were nine and eight. And then the Broncos seven and ten. I have the Raiders going eleven and six this year. Uh, and Zach, who was talking Denver, he had the Broncos going eleven and six, and he has the Raiders winning ten games but missing the playoffs, which is very possible. I mean, every team in the division could literally win double-digit games and one team be left out. That's just the reality of it, you know? And if if you do, if your team wins double-digit games and they miss the playoffs, you just tip your cap and say, okay. <laughs> you know I mean? You, you can't get too upset. You want to be in the playoffs, but if you win double-digit and you don't make the playoffs, you still did your job by winning double-digit games. Yeah, and then one of the callers mentioned it before, like the tiebreaker scenario, that's yes. going to be very interesting yep. for everybody in the division. Right, and that's why I think that if you look at all the division and you look at all their schedules, man, I mean, the, the last week the NFL does a really good job making sure those games at the end of the season really mean a lot. And with the Raiders having the Chiefs, hosting the Chiefs week 18, I said it when the schedule came out, ooh, man, that's going to be a juicy one. I'm hoping it's a juicy one, and I hope that they're playing for something. I hope it's either the division title or it's a shot in the playoffs. I don't care what it is. Play for something that's massive. I just want to somewhat try to relive that energy that we felt last season in uh, in Allegiant Stadium to close that thing out. I mean, that was fantastic. I was so blessed. I've been to a lot of football games, working or as a fan. I had never been in an atmosphere that that was that much fun following a game. You know, it's, I had no idea. Did you know that there was all of a sudden there was going to be a big explosion and confetti was going to come flying? Did you have any idea that was happening? I did not know any of that was happening. Man, also, when that, I when was that big down, boom went off, I was like, dude! <laughs> I was downstairs basically in the tunnel watching the game because I was waiting oh, for it yeah, to finish. Yeah, you know, we all like, were. <laughs> you know, for quarter gets there, it's like, all right, let me get my stuff, go right. ahead and head down. And it was like, man, I've been down here for I packed up about was five times I packed up thinking the game was over. All right, this is it. That's the last play. Okay, it's not the last play. Yeah. Man, good stuff. I just want that. I want I want to see The NFL's hoping for it too. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah, but they but still they didn't make the game a primetime game. But that, I feel like that's like they can't say the what's the last because right. it depends on the scheduling. Yeah. Where you know of like, oh, who's winning here or right. mm-hmm. you know, because they want that drama. That's why the Raiders and Chargers last season because it was winner gets in. Right, right. Yeah, that was fantastic. That really was. That was a hell of a th- – and I know that that gives, that gives uh, any kind of a football fan, if you're a fan of any team that has a winner get in situation. I mean, hell, there was a Steeler fan. I remember specifically last year there was a Steeler fan in Allegiant Stadium, and they were sitting on the edge of their seat like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Because they knew that the, the Steelers needed the Raiders to win that game to get in the playoffs as well. So, uh, yeah, that's that's uh, that was another scenario right there. But, yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. So I'm thinking that that last game of the season this year – is going to mean a lot. But Raider Nation, we've been wanting to hear from you. Definitely want to uh, hear from you at 702-365-9200. Sam and Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. We've told you what we think the Raiders' overall record in 2022 is going to be. I think it's going to be 11-6, and six, and I think that they're going to finish, I'm going to say second in the AFC West. What do you think their overall record is going to be, and where do you think that they're going to finish this year in the division. Again, 702-365-9200. Sam and Ash text line is 69187, keyword R&R. Raider X, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? What up, fellas? Chilling. Hey, man, while well, I was just sitting here listening to you guys, I thought of something, man. You guys are like Dairy Queen, huh? D&Q? But I'm, you know, Q, Q taking the lead, man. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Anyways, guys, so, hey, this is this is my whole spin on it. So, I think the Raiders are going to go 11-6. and six. Okay. So this is my reasoning behind that. I believe, yeah, they've improved since last season, but 
I want to get this whole thing of the only position is Casey Hayward where they uh, where it's still kind of questionable. So that's why I say eleven and six. And the reason the, the teams that I think that they're going to struggle with is the Rams, the Titans. There you go, Demont, and also um, you know the 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 Chargers and the Chiefs because of just the systems. You know, I'm not sold on the Broncos like you because I think that there's going to be a growing curve. You know, there's going to be a little bit of a hitch in there. However, kind of going back and flipping the page a little bit, we got 14 days. We got basically got 14 days, two weeks until what? June 1st. And all of a sudden, it's kind of ironic, all we hear is crickets. And who is sitting out there, a major cornerback, that all we hear is crickets, and that money comes free. He comes onto that roster on, a, that's on that cornerback position, I'm giving you another win. Now I'm looking at 12. Mm. Now we go to 12 and 5 because now I think there is a flip on one of those those teams, the Chargers or the Chiefs, or sitting there taking that Rams games or that Titans games. And now we go into that 12 and 5 because, again, now every position has came up. I believe the defensive line, the offensive line, and also that secondary, everything has came up on that team. You know, some have come up like extraordinary. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I would beg to differ. Guys, we're looking at 14 days. That's nothing in the grand scheme of things mm-hmm. for January or July 1st or, or June 1st. June 1st, yeah. I got you. Hey, great yeah. call, man. Great call. Appreciate you. That's Raider X right there. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm looking for that uh, that corner position as well. I'm looking for that to be addressed. I've been talking about it for months now. I've been talking about James Bradbury. Matter of fact, I started talking about James Bradbury when, what, Patrick Graham took over? Exactly. <laughs> You've been talking, like, all offseason. Long time I've been talking. I mean, I'm getting tired of talking about James Bradbury. I've been talking about him so much. But that's a reality, man. He's out there, and as long as – He's not in a hurry to sign. I think the Raiders have a great chance to sign him. If they do, that's a massive upgrade at that corner position. I mean, everyone likes Trayvon Mullen. I do believe everyone likes Trayvon Mullen. I like him. He hasn't proven to be able to stay healthy. Uh, I like the potential that Rocky Sin has. But again, it's potential. It's not something that's been proven. So do you want to take a shot and take a chance at potential? And also a guy that might be injured, and then all of a sudden you're looking at uh, someone else that's further down the depth chart because, well, you got to put somebody in there? I don't think so. You know, look at all the times that, you know, even last year, you mentioned Casey Hayward. Well, he was the the constant constant, but when Trayvon Mullen went out, then all of a sudden you have, like, Keyshawn Nixon in that position. No disrespect to him, but he just – he was a backup for a reason. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's just he's – not, he's not a starter. You know, and now he's in Green Bay, and most likely he's probably going to be a special teams guy. That's probably what his job, his number one job is going to be in Green Bay is a special teams guy or a backup. Simple as that. And real quick, something that I wanted to say to Raider X there, he's like, oh, worried about the Titans. I'm not worried about the Titans because of one addition that the Raiders made this offseason. Chandler Jones. And we remember week one last season, I do think that the play transfers well. If a player, if he can dominate a team, I do think that he's got mm-hmm. that edge. That left tackle, Taylor LeRon, he is still there in Tennessee. Yeah. I'm not saying that he's going to come out and have another six-sack game against Tennessee this coming season, but I do think that's going to be the difference maker right there for the Raiders when they go play the Titans. Hey, very well could be. Very well could be. You know, I actually have a, a little nugget here on uh, on on Max Crosby and, and Patrick Graham and, uh, you know, kind of the expectations for Crosby. We'll talk about that uh, in just a little bit. I do want to get one more call in. How about we go out to the Lone Star State, talk to our guy Tim in Texas. What's on your mind? Hello. How y'all doing? Uh, we're blessed, man. Uh, how are you? I think the Raiders are going to be 5-0 and before the break. And I think the Raiders going to either going probably finish about thirteen and four. Uh, I, the reason why I come, I got so much confidence in them this time around. 
um, even though I, I always have uh, some kind of confidence. But the coaching, mm-hmm. I really like the coaching. The de- I like uh, uh, I really like the defensive coordinator. I already know Josh McDaniel's going to do his thing, but I just think we're just going to be so much better on defense. That's what I really kind of want to. I mean, really want to see is us finally have a defense. You know what I'm saying? A defense. And um, um, I would love to get Bradbury, but even if they get Bradbury, I hope they don't trade Mullen because the only thing that, that makes me mad about the Mullen injury is in that game against Miami uh, uh, with John Gruden. If he just would have went on ahead and put them out of, out of there, uh, uh, he would have never got hurt in the first place. Yeah. It's a good point. It's a good point, Tim. Thank you for the call, my man. Appreciate you. It's good to hear from you, and uh, I like the confidence. I really do. You know, and, and look, this is the time of year to have the confidence. Again, we can go back through this exercise as the 53-man roster comes out and, and we get closer to the season because then we can say, okay, this is who's manning the corner. This is who the right tackle is. This is who the center is. This is who the left guard is. I mean, we'll be able to identify positions then. So we'll do this again then. But right now, this is May. You're supposed to have confidence. If you don't have confidence in your team in May – you're probably in trouble. Your team is probably picking in the top five again. Jacksonville, Jets, and I think the Jets are going to be much better as they had a really good offseason, but you got to put it all together. That's on Robert Sala. But, you know, you know the usual suspects. Houston Texans, I think they're going to struggle again, but we'll see. I think they'll be a little bit better. But a team like Jacksonville, I'm, I, I feel very confident right now telling you that they're going to pick in the top five next year. I, I feel very confident telling you that right now. They pick number one two seasons in a row. I think they'll pick top five. I got those ESPN power rankings pulled up because they released it. The power rankings, you know, got to have some content out here in the middle of May. And those bottom teams, they are the usual suspects, as you just mentioned. Right. No doubt. No doubt about it. Just got word from Jordan Schultz. He's not going to be able to join us. He's uh, feeling under the weather. He said, I can give you like five minutes, but I'm very sick. Uh, I'll just go ahead and pass on that. I don't want him to give uh, DeMond another cold through the phone or anything, so I'm just going to go ahead and tell him that. Hey, man, it's going around. (laughs) Apparently, so uh, we are glad that you're back. So I'm going to let him know, okay, no worries. Uh, Take the time. We'll do it. We'll do it next week. So I just talked my text uh, (laughs) on the air. (laughs) It's all good. No worries. We have plenty of stuff to to get to and cover anyway. Uh, Got a text from Raider Owl in Alaska. I think we could expect 11 wins at least. Question for you, Q. I was already planning a vacation in Florida in November. Going to be there during the Jaguars game. You ever been to a game there in Jacksonville? If so, how was it? What can I expect? Is DeMar going to fill in for you while you're on vacation? As Raider Al in Alaska. And no, I've never been to Jacksonville. Never been to a game there. So I have no idea. I believe, don't they have a swimming pool, though, at the at the the at the game or I'll it, look it up but that sounds I, fun I think that they do I think that they have a swimming pool there but I don't I don't have any idea what to expect because I've never been there uh and Demond will be here while I'm on vacation we'll also have other guys uh filling in as well so it'll be kind of a, a rotating door but we're gonna do uh live and local I want to make sure we do as much of that as possible I hate to go national uh, when we don't have enough bodies so we try to do that uh at a very limited amount of time so they do have a pool See, in the stadium go. wow I mean, no. This looks pretty cool, actually. Well, Aviators got a pool at their stadium, too, so there's that. I mean, you're at a Jaguars game, but, I mean, I guess got to have something. I mean, I'd go look, dog, if I was, you know, 24, 25 years old, if I was your age and I was in Jacksonville and there's, you know, females at the game and they're going to be in the pool, I'm going. that's where I'm going to. I'm going to the pool for the the females, not for the game, you know. Hey, I got a ticket to the game, but I'm really going into the, I'm really going into the pool. That's what I would do, but that's just me. Man, Shaq Khan doing it up big. Well, he's got to do Jaguars something big. Got to do something big. They ain't doing it on the field big. 
Just uh, saw this tweet from the Raiders. We have signed tight end Travis Kuntz, cornerback Stanford Samuels III, and tackle Tyrone Wheatley Jr. Uh, again, that was uh, Jordan Schultz was going to join us at 2.30 to talk about the signing of Tyrone Wheatley Jr. We will get him at the end of the week. They also waived uh, center Brent Heggie, excuse me, and then wide receiver Trey Turner. Didn't they just, didn't, didn't Trey Turner, didn't they just sign him? Was he the one that they just signed? That happened within the few in the past few weeks. They they signed him right after the draft, right? Trey Turner was that. The, am I thinking of the same guy? I have to che- I have to double check that. I think that they just signed him not too long ago, or else that's another wide receiver that I'm thinking of. But they signed a, a wide receiver and gave him a little bit extra mo- money than they did uh, than they did some other undrafted free agents. Isn't t- isn't I swear I swear that Trey Turner was a guy that they just signed. Anyway, they've waived him, so there's that. Just double checking. I think he he was definitely one of those when the un, when the draft was over, right? Yes, that's that's what I I do believe. I'll tell you right now. I'm sorry, we're doing this live on the air. It's cool. It's just what we do sometimes. I'll feel a little bit. I I wonder what goes <laughs> into I'll feel. I'll feel. <laughs> I wonder what goes into these situations where you haven't even seen them on the field. At well, all. they did have rookie. They did have rookie camp. We just oh, we yeah. weren't there. We weren't there. So there's that. Here we go. Undrafted free agents. They just signed. Yeah, Trey Turner. Just signed him. Out Wasn't of able Tech. to impress in that week of hey, rookie minicamp. Look, look, you're it's that's how the NFL is, man. You know, you don't you it's not for long for a reason. Just because you made it don't mean that you really made it. You've got to, you know, you've got to go out there and impress. So yeah, there you go. Trey Turner already uh, already released, just signed just the other day. So that's uh that's that's something. But Tyrone Wheatley Jr., that's that's a cool little story. Uh of course it's it's a long way to go. He's got a. It's a long shot for him to make the team, but just obviously the namesake is really cool, uh, knowing that he's part of the silver and black. And uh, he was a guy that was in Chicago last year, and he was uh, on the practice squad as he's a converted tight end trying to be an offensive lineman. And so he's learning the parts. So Chicago had him on the practice squad all year. Uh, this is a guy that I think is obviously if he makes if he sticks around with the Raiders, he'll probably be a practice squad guy. That's that's the best case scenario I look at right now for him. But you never know. You never know what could happen uh, at the end of the day. So uh, there you go. So, yeah, the Raiders had their rookie minicamp over the weekend. So those are the players that they signed. And then the players that we announced already are the ones that they released. So still want to hear from you. Got a, a, a little nugget and a little conversation about Max Crosby. We'll do that coming up at 2.30. But coming up next, again, want to hear from you. What are the Raiders' overall record in 2022? What place do you think they'll finish in the AFC West? This is Raider Nation Radio 920. It's unnecessary roughness. The judge, Lester Hayes, joining us now. That's YQ. Of course, our team kept winning. Kept winning, Q, because of our training. You got to put in the work and the time and the perseverance and the patience to train your body and train your brain. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Every time I hear that drop, I think of my guy Vegas Jess. That's his dude, Lester Hayes, right? All I can think of is Jess, like, hunched over in a DB stance and everything and trying to trying to, trying to, to intimidate you, Damon, sizing you up. Come on, Damon. Get low. Get low. That's what Vegas Jess does all the time. I promise you. He can size you up. He can size you up. I don't up. think so, man. He can. You guys are about the same height. Why are you going dis- to He's like a 50-year-old man, though. Uh, why, why are you going to talk about his age? What's wrong with a 50-year-old man? Because I'm 45. I, I got like half of a life on him. Yeah, it don't matter. 
He got about, I don't know, half a skill set on him, too. You, you, the disrespect. <laughs> you know, if you want to say it yourself, but now you say that Vegas just going to. If he you win hey, the parking lot, if you he, quarterback, I trust you to give me the ball. I'll get you the rock. We're just like, all right, Damon, go long. Vegas just locking me up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get out of here. <laughs> Vegas Jess is like, wait a minute, how am I catching strays? <laughs> how did you bring me into the conversation? My bad, Doc. I tried to like I tried to uh, I tried to to pump you up and Demond just shot you down, my man. So I apologize. That that was my fault. I set you up for failure on that one. Uh, Sir Whiskey Ray hit us up on the Salmon Ash text line at six nine one eight seven, talking about the overall record for the Raiders in twenty twenty two, where he thinks they're going to finish. Again, you can hit us up at six nine one eight seven keyword R and R Q. I'm going to stick by my whiskey intelligence and predict that our Raiders will finish off the upcoming twenty twenty two season with a twelve and five record, division champs, and number two overall seed in the AFC. We are at least two wins better from last season with our new head coach and defensive coordinator at the helm. Division play will be brutal and nail-biter games as they usually are. However, we'll end up with a 4-2 and two divisional record. The Bills will win. We'll be the team to beat in the AFC. As we all know, anything is possible. Looking forward to an exciting 2022 season. That's Sir Whiskey Ray. And I'll say this. That's one. That's a hell of a prediction. But that's a hell of a breakdown as well. Like, my man thought about it for a while before. He didn't just... Say, ah, oh, I think they're going to go 11 6 in. Let me go ahead and, and text it in. He's, man, he was like, okay. <laughs> okay, th- this is what's going to happen. This is how it's going to happen. And, you know, the thing about it is the Raiders won, what, six, six games uh, walk off style in 2021? Like, those could easily go the other way, too. I mean, you got to think about that. Those could always go the other way. They, they got, I don't want to say lucky, but I mean, they came out on the right side of those, those nail biting games and those overtime games in 2021. Uh, a lot of Daniel Carlson walk off field goals, right? Sometimes those, those the, the ball don't bounce your way. Sometimes, you know, you might not get the ball to start overtime or you might not get a chance in overtime. I mean, there's so many different elements that could be in play. If you're the Raiders in 2022, you want to have as little as possible of those type games. You want to have games where, yeah, they'll get close down the stretch, but you don't want to be always in that situation where you got to go to overtime or you got to try to, uh, you know, milk the clock for a field goal at the I mean, you just... You really want to have a little bit more control. I think this team is going to be a better team as far as that's concerned. I think that these games, I don't think they're going to be as many nail biters as we saw in 2021. And again, fortunately for the Raiders, they were able to come out on the right side of it. But great, uh, really good text, my man. I do appreciate that. Uh, 702-365-9200. That's the Raider Nation listener line. Let's go out to my guy, Stove. Uh, Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, what's up, Q? Since, since you started with the Lester Hayes drop, I, I just got to say, people think Lester Hayes was a gimmick because of the stick'em. Lester Hayes and Mike Haynes could have been the MVPs of a Super Bowl. I mean, they absolutely were, were, were Raider cornerbacks, both both should be in the Hall of Fame. I think Haynes is, and Lester should be. Right. But uh, but that's just my opinion. But here's why I'm calling, all right? I love Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels and what they've brought to the team so far. But I want to I ask you a question, because you're, you're as much in the know as anybody. Is it a red flag to you at all? And I'm going to give you a couple examples here. Okay. We sign Nick Mullins, then we trade for Stidham. We add depth by drafting Zeus. And then in the seventh round, we take another running back. We give Brandon Parker starting right tackle money, Mm -hmm. but everybody knows we still probably want to get another right tackle. We made the defensive line a priority in free agency 
Bilal Nichols and some other guys we brought in. Mm -hmm. And then we drafted two defensive tackles with our second and third picks. Now today, you just mentioned Trey Turner being released, which in the grand scheme of things is no big deal. But we did spend $40,000 to get him away from another team. Mm -hmm. Is this a red flag at all to you that the front office is throwing darts at a board? Or do you like the fact that, hey, this is the offseason. Let's not rest. Let's keep going. Yeah, thank you for the call. appreciate you. And that's how I am. I I think that right now is the time to – cycle through people quickly. You know, if you're going to sign a guy, you see what he's got. Oh, he doesn't have it. Okay, cool. Move on from him. I like it. You know, and, and I'll give the last regime credit as well. Last offseason, if you remember, remember how many guys, I mean, it was like day after day after day, another guy signed, another guy released, another guy signed. That's the beauty of the 90-man roster. Right now is the time to do that. So by the time you get to training camp and by the time training camp's over, you have your guys that you know, as a matter of fact, are going to do this, that, and the other and going to feel comfortable with. And you're going to have confidence that they're going to be able to hold, hold their own. You don't want to have that rotating door once that 53-man roster is set. So the 90-man roster, this is exactly what it's set for. Because think about this. Come the end of training camp, how many guys are going to get released? We're talking about one guy getting released here, another guy getting released there. There's going to be a boatload of guys that are going to get released, not from the Raiders, but from the whole league. So, yeah, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. And I do like uh, the way that this new regime is operating. I really do. I know some people aren't sold, and that's fine. You know, I mean, right now, this is this is what it is. This is what the Raiders have. Uh, I like the way that they're operating. I think that the football side of things are, are really going in a good direction. Of course, the Raiders have some, you know, on, on the business side of things, they have some some issues that have been documented a few times now uh, by multiple different outlets. But uh, that's that's on that's on the, the business side for them to, to kind of clean up. And, and that's what I'm sure Mark Davis and company are doing right now. Um, so I'm not worried about that either. Uh, I just think that the football side of things, which is what we really concentrate on here, are, are, are headed in the right direction. I really do like the, the operations, the way that this uh, new regime is operating and, and their expectations and the way that they're bringing in talent and uh, the way that they move pretty quietly. You know, it's unfortunate this weekend they had the rookie minicamp. We weren't there. You know, I would have loved to have been out there at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center just to kind of get a good, good idea, good, good look at some of these guys. But it's not the way that they operate. So if that's not how they operate, so be it. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just it's just it is what it is. It's nothing I could force. Not, I can't make a call and be like, hey, MD, <laughs> let me in the building. I mean, I, I, it's, it's just you can't do it. I want to see these rookies run. Right. So it's not it's nothing that we can do. You know, I don't know when we'll get our first access. It might not be till training camp. And if it's not till training camp, then that's what it is. Also, to go back to that call there from Stove, where I do think that the team, if you can just constantly get better, where he says, like, oh, bringing in Jared Stidham, even though they signed Nick Mullins. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, maybe Jared Stidham wasn't available a few weeks ago. I think but Stidham, now that he is. And it's like, and obviously, I think that that's a scheme fit. A backup quarterback that you at least knows know, he knows system. their playbook. Right. And exactly, he knows their system. That's what that's all about. I mean, this dude's been with Josh McDaniels for three years. You know, and Jarrett Stidham, he just can't stay healthy. That's his biggest thing. Uh, I know that he has a strong arm, a really strong arm. I know he's uh, at one point was considered a, a big-time quarterback, and he was even the heir apparent to Tom Brady. And, well, that didn't work out, and that's fine. You know, and I think that that's just some, some added talent to that quarterback room that is familiar with what Josh McDaniels wants to do. So uh, I do believe ultimately Nick Mullins is going to be the backup quarterback for the Raiders this year. I knew Garrett Gilbert wasn't going to be that guy. Remember, I drug his ass on the radio. I drug his stinking ass up and down the street, man. Still doing it. <laughs> I just, I mean, I just knew that he had nothing. He had no chance of being or sticking around anything. And it's just, it's just 
what it is. That's what what the case is. But I think that Stidham, I think that that's uh, that's fine. I, I like that that pickup uh, just to be like I said, have that familiarity in that room. Uh, let's go out to the phone line one more time. Let's talk to our guy Dave B in the seven five seven. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, Q. Hey, thanks for having me on, buddy. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Hey, Devon, welcome back, by the way. Thank you. Welcome back, by the way. Hey, so a lot of, a lot of goodness in, in our schedule that, that, you know, some people have, have brought up very good points about. Some items have been overlooked, right? Those first two weeks, right, essentially both home games, the fact that we get Arizona without D-Hop, very, very favorable. I like the fact that we get Tennessee that early on the road, right? Don't have to deal with cold weather. Ryan Tannehill isn't something to, to write home about if you're a Titans fan. Sorry, DeMond, <laughs> but I really like that, right? That first game against Denver, going to be a banger, um, followed by Kansas City. What I really like about that Kansas City first game is the fact that it, we get an extra day. Now, I know Kansas City is going to have the same benefit as us, but we get an extra day to prep for them and, and follow that up with, with the bye. Having Houston after the bye is, is an absolute blessing. They could be on the struggle bus. So, so that's all goodness. Those, those two get that two game road trip for uh, New Orleans and Jacksonville. Believe it or not, we're going to split that. Um, don't want to call which way either game's going to go, but uh, it's very tough to win. You know, back to back games on the road in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Getting the Colts at home, absolute blessing, right? You know, thumbing through everything else. That that game against the Rams. Now everybody else is you know looking at that like, hey, it's an L, defending champs. I like the fact that we're getting them on a short week. Right, we don't give McVeigh that that extra time to prep for us. Who knows how banged up that they're going to be? We are the younger team, so I really like having that 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 game on on short notice there, or at least on short rest. Follow that up with New England; they're going to be prepared. But hey, we get extra time to prepare for them. A lot of people don't like that 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 Christmas Eve game in in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. We don't know what shape Pittsburgh's going to be in by then. Mitchie Poo, Trubisky, maybe <laughs> maybe out on the outs. We we may have a rookie quarterback that will be faced there, yeah. right? So that could be very, very favorable for us. I do think that, that that Niners game gets flexed, and with that, right, that gives us another game against the Chiefs with, with one day of, of, of extra rest and, and being prepared. And I do think that that last game against Kansas City is going gonna, is gonna to be for the Marbles in the West. I do like us 11-5. and five. I think 11-5 and five could win the West. Eleven and five, or eleven and six? Oh, I'm I'm sorry, old school there. Eleven yeah. and six, yes, sir. <laughs> you, you got me. No, it's all good. Hey, I do it myself. Thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. I love the breakdown too. That's really good stuff. And yeah, that game, that game in Pittsburgh on Christmas Eve. That's what I'm I'm looking at too. And I picked them on my podcast. I actually picked the Raiders to lose that game. And I know a lot of fans were not happy with me for doing that. Um, but just looking at the schedule and looking at the month of December, that's going to be a really tough month. That is, I mean, the whole obviously the season's always going to be difficult, like you mentioned, but. Uh, that month of December, man, for the Raiders is going to be a gauntlet. I mean, you want to talk about the best of the best. They're playing some really tough teams, starting on the 4th with uh, the Chargers. Then you got the Rams on a short week. Four days later, you go from the Chargers at home to SoFi Stadium against the Rams. Of course, there'll be a lot of Raider Nation there, but that's the defending Super Bowl champions. Then you're back home with the Patriots. Then you're traveling to the East Coast to go play the Steelers on Christmas Eve, a night game in Pittsburgh. That's going to be a tough one. Regardless who the quarterback is, Mike Tomlin's a damn good head coach. Uh, he doesn't have losing seasons. I don't expect this to be a losing season either. either. Uh, I don't know if Trubisky's going to be the quarterback or Pickett's going to be the quarterback at that point. Who knows? But that's going to be um, that's going to be something. And then you got the 49ers and the Chiefs to close things out. I mean, think about that. 
that month of December and obviously the first week in January, that is a juggernaut. <laughs> that is a dog fight. Chargers, Rams, Patriots, Steelers, Niners, Chiefs. Come on, man. Woo. That's tough. That's tough, but you'll know a lot about the team. You know, and that's why I like the fact that they have the early opportunity in the season to get out ahead in the AFC and in the West. Think about this. What if they win all three games in the AFC West to start the, to start the season? The first five games, say they go three and two. High on the hall. You got it. Like, that is a success no matter what. Like, if they can win those three division games? Yeah, that's huge. Yes. That's huge. You know, I'm not saying they're going to, but that that's a big deal if they're able to get that done because, man, that's 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 what you're going to need. You want to stack AFC wins and you want to stack AFC West wins. Obviously, you want to win as many games as possible. You don't want to lose to the Titans. You don't want to lose to the Cardinals. The Titans is another one uh, because that's an AFC game. That would be huge if you could win that one. I have them losing that one. But you may bring up a great point about Ryan Tannehill. I mean, who? what Ryan Tannehill is going to show up? The guy who threw three interceptions against uh, the Bengals in, in a game that the Tennessee Titans should have never lost? A game where they sacked Joe Burrow, what, ten times? It was nine, but might as well have been ten. <laughs> Same thing. And they lose that game because Tannehill got a little froggy, you know, started being Ryan Tannehill for real. So, yeah, I, I mean, that could go any way. But if you can get those AFC wins and you get those AFC West wins, uh, that is a big deal. So thank you so much for uh, for that. We do appreciate that call. Uh, got a text here from Raider Al in Alaska. Hit us back. He said, how do these players that sign onto the 90-man roster end up cutting and getting cut affect the cap, if at all? Is there any dead money? Thank you for that text. And no, it's the the salary cap is based off the the top what 50, 51 guys on the roster, top, top or some number like that. Top fifty one, top fifty three. It's uh, based off of that. It's not based off of the, the lower level guys like uh, like a Trey Turner who just got cut, even though he's only been signed for you know a quick minute. But look again, they were comfortable in, in moving on from. They saw what they needed to see as far as the uh, as far as the rookie mini camp goes, and, and that was that was it. Uh, got a text or a tweet from Brian Q. Have we officially signed Zamir White? I don't believe so. No, I, don't, I think him, he's still not signed. And I think there's one more player that's not signed. I don't remember who it is, but there, I thought that they, I thought they had four out of their six guys signed. So Zamir White's not signed yet. And the other one is Furl. I think Furl's not signed yet because uh, Matthew Butler's signed the fifth round pick. The seventh round picks are signed. Yeah, so it's, it's, uh, it's uh, Neil. Neil Farrell uh, Jr. is not signed yet. So there you go. Uh, one quick text from Tone. I had no clue Wheatley's son was in the league. Yep. Yeah, Tyrone Wheatley Jr. is signed with the Raiders. He is an offensive lineman. Uh, he was on the practice squad of the Bears last season, and so uh, we'll see what he does with the silver and black. If he's able to uh, stick around, that'd be cool just because of the, the family ties and everything, but uh, this regime doesn't worry about family ties. <laughs> if you could play, they're going to keep you around. If, the, if you can't, they won't. 2.41 is the time. When we come back, I had a little nugget on Max Crosby that I wanted to get to and what his expectations could be for the upcoming season. I'll, I'll share this tweet and, and this little nugget with you, and then we'll talk about it. We'll do that next. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Hey, Raider Nation. This is Bill Romanowski, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. Boom. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. I have no idea why every time I see some kind of power ranking or I see something that has to do with the Raiders and the rest of the league, and I see the Denver Broncos right in front of the Raiders, it just irritates me. I don't know why I even let it irritate me. I know power rankings. I'm not the guy who gets caught up in power rankings. None of that stuff because I know it means nothing. I know it's stuff that people write in May when there's nothing to write and they're looking for content. But somehow it bothers me. Somehow. It bothers me. I'm looking at these ESPN rankings. 
They have the Raiders ranked fourth in the AFC West, eighth in the AFC, and 13th in the NFL. And who's in front of them in every category? Denver. I don't know why I let that bother me. I don't know why, but it does. And for me, it's the fact that why couldn't you just flip-flop them then? It's it's 12 and 13. Right. So why are they that one spot ahead? One team made the playoffs last season. The other team finished last in the, the division. The Broncos ain't beat the Raiders in years. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, when's the last time they got a dub? You know what I mean? Like, come on. I mean, they beat them a couple seasons ago, but still. I mean, they didn't beat them last year. And not the year before that? Well, the last, the year before that, didn't they win? Didn't the Broncos win on the last the last play of the game? The Raiders went for two. Uh, under Gruden, remember they went for the two in Denver and, and they swatted it down? Oh, I thought they had the sweep on them. That was two years ago, right? Yeah, that was two years ago. So I think it's like two years that the Raiders have gone uh, undefeated against the Broncos. And the year before that, I think that was, okay, so 2021, 2020. I think that was 2019 where they, they went for it and they ended the season in Denver and they went for it on two and they didn't get it. That yes, was, that's that was the last time. Right? The season ender yeah. in 2019. There you go. That was the last time that Denver beat the Raiders was 2019. And still, and I know they've upgraded, obviously, at the quarterback position, but, man, and it, should, it shouldn't even bother me because it's just a power rank and it means absolutely nothing. But whatever. <laughs> I'm all getting all salty, <laughs> getting all angry. It's going to be all right, Q. Anyway, I saw this nugget that I thought was pretty interesting, and it says if Patrick Graham could make quarterbacks think – for a split second longer this season, Max Crosby might have 20 sacks. All he does is win, 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 no matter what. That was kind of cute. And he gets to play the Chargers, the Chiefs, and Denver six times with questions at the right tackle position. So I don't expect Max Crosby to go and have 20 sacks. But how much better could he be than what he did even last year? You saw him get a ton of pressures. You know, he, he damn near led the league if didn't lead the league in pressures. He, that's something we talked about quite a bit throughout the season. If for some reason Patrick Graham can get that defense, the corners, we've been talking about the corners a lot, if those guys can make the quarterback hold on to the ball for a split second longer, how many more sacks do you think Max Crosby can have than what he had last year? Think about that. Because he still had, what, eight? Didn't he have eight? Yeah, I, not a lot. I mean, it was still, it's not bad, but I know Unique Ngakwe led the team with 10. But he had a lot of pressures. He had a lot of quarterback hits. If he... If they can hold the ball for one split second longer, and I know that's lots of ifs and buts, if they hold the ball for a split second longer, I can see him getting an easy three or four more. Easily. Easily. If that defense could find a way, you know, or or the big beef in the middle, there's a reason why they're bulking up on the defensive line and the defensive tackle position. If that beef in the middle can get a little bit of a push so the quarterback can't step up, then a guy like Mad Max Crosby, because he's going to win. That's the thing about it. Crosby's going to win. Chandler Jones is going to win coming off the other side. If the Raiders could find a way, and that's why I think they need to bring a guy like Bradbury. It's not just slowing down the wide receivers. It's also giving those pass rushers an extra second to get home. You know, pass rushing and being a, a elite pass rushers and being elite corners, those go hand in hand. If the pass rushers are doing their job, the corners are going to be that much better. If the corners are doing their job, the pass rushers are going to be that much better. Those two positions go hand in hand. They really do. I mean, 20 sounds like such 20 a high sounds number, like, yeah. but 16, that'd be double. Finish with eight, 16, if he could double his sack total, that's not far That's not far out of the question. No, it's not. It's not. But I, I like to I like to kind of go in baby steps. You know, I mean, I know he had 10 sacks his, his 
his rookie year. So I'm thinking that for Max Crosby, his sweet spot a season is probably, you know, 10, anywhere 10 to like 15 sacks a season. I can see that, you know, and, and like you said, double would be 16. I think he's a, you know, a, definitely a double digit guy, but anywhere around 10 to 15, I think that that's good. I think you've had a really good season as a pass rusher if you can get if you could top off with 15. And if Chandler Jones could match you with double-digit sacks, I don't know what number that's going to be, anywhere from 10 to 12, whatever, fine. And then you get some pressure up the gut, and you get some other guys to contribute as well. Remember those guys like Malcolm Kuntz who are going to be uh, specialists when it comes to pass rushing. I think he's going to come in there, be able to pin his ears back, and just get after the quarterback. I think he'll pick up a couple. But what was the number that you were looking at? You said a certain number that you wanted – or you thought the Raiders should get for sacks this season? Oh, I think it was off of Mike Clay's projections where he had them under 40. But I do think that if they could get 40, only um, six teams in the league had 40 or more this past season. Right. But I do think that why couldn't the Raiders be a part of part of that group there? And I'm, Mike Clay's projections, he had them under 40 sacks in the mid-30s, I want to say. But it's he had like, about 35, didn't he? Yeah, somewhere around mm-hmm. there in the mid-30s. But like we just said, hey, if we are going to go 16 for, 15 for max, Double digits as well as for Chandler. Yeah. But I think that, hey, why can't the both of them have 15 each? I mean, yeah, that's that's very true. That's I'm, me being like, you know, obviously they, they would have to be on their A game every yeah. game. I mean, it's being optimistic. It's optimistic. and it, But the thing we know about, especially with Max, and well, and Chandler Jones as well. Hell, don't let me. Yeah, he's led the league in sacks They come in well, bunches. Himself. Yeah, they come in bunches, as Tennessee Titans fans very well know. And I'm not Woo. trying to rub it in, but they come in bunches. And that's why I feel like he's going to be a difference maker in that game. Yeah. No, he very well could be. That's a good one. I like that. Uh, 702-365-9200. Who you got up over there? We got Mr. Black out in Hawaii. Oh, Mr. Black, I'm coming to you, brother. What's on your mind? Hey, aloha, brother. Aloha. I got to practice that. <laughs> yeah, you got to practice that. You'll be here. when when you coming? Wednesday, I'll be in uh, Maui on Wednesday. Oh, Maui! I'm over here on Oahu. Ah, see how you are. <laughs> well, aloha from a distance. That's right. Uh, I'm hoping for twelve and twelve and five. Uh, I'm not happy about the bye week at, at, at uh, the bye at uh, the sixth week. I wish it was later in the season. And then, of course, the uh, giving us the double away games, the same, going to New Orleans, then coming home, then you happen to go back to Florida for the Jags. That that's a bunch of crap. Well, the Broncos hold, and Seahawks hold, hold are on, a little closer. Hold on, hold on, real quick. Uh, the one note about that, about the double back to back, the Raiders actually requested that they're going to stay on the East Coast. They actually requested to have back to back games on the on the East. Oh. Yeah, so that's that's not the NFL scheduling. They actually did the Raiders a favor. That's what they wanted. So they're going to stay out there. Well, that's a that's yep. a good idea yep. instead of all the traveling. Yep. But uh, no, you know everything's home away, home away, home away until the end of the season. We get two homes, but uh, uh, you know the Colts game that's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. I just I'm really pushing for twelve and five. Uh, and then uh, of course uh, um, Russell going to the Broncos. That that is definitely a major improvement. Uh, I think he's still one of the top quarterbacks i lost a lot of respect for him i'm old school and i'm old timer and i lost respect in their second super bowl against the patriots uh i would have overrode the coach the, the call from the coach you know he, he sent in that pass play i'd have went back to the huddle and just said dude coach wants us to run this play but screw that we're not going to run that play and just overrode him and said we're going to give the rock to to beast mode and let's get out of here with a win Right, I understand. You know, because so, uh, so many of, uh, of of Brady's wins were, you know, three pointers. Uh, you know, he, he that also, real quick, 
the long pass that Russell threw to, and I forget the guy's name, was one of the greatest catches mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl. But, of course, if they would have won, it would have been talked about a lot more. Yep. Yeah, he was on the ground um, when he caught that. Yeah. Yeah, flopping around. And, mm-hmm. and then uh, even with uh, Gannon going way back, uh, good quarterback for us, but uh, I, uh, when he calls games and stuff, I don't. I just don't dig his whole thing where he kind of jumps on the Raiders' asses. You know, you threw five five interceptions in the Super Bowl, buddy, and I'll <laughs> never forgive him for that. And then the whole team, another thing, with overriding the coaches. I said, you know, screw coach. We're going to go back to the game plan that we had set up the whole week, you know, with the running. But uh, so, you know, uh, uh, smart players, uh, um, uh, um, players that have been in the league a long time, you know, you have to do that once in a while. you got to take the game into your own and not worry about, you know, hey, coaches, coaches got it wrong. Let's run this play. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I'm just talking talking old stuff here. I got you. Hey, thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. Uh, love to hear from you from Hawaii, man. That's awesome. I, I can't wait. I'm pumped up about going. I uh, have never been there before, so I'm very excited about that. Myself and the wife are making the trip. First, uh, first time we've gone on vacation in like 10 years, so it should be a lot of fun. So uh, thank you for your call. I do appreciate it. Let's get one more call before we take a quick break. Raider 66, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hey, Q. How are you guys doing today? Hey, we're blessed. How are you? I'm doing fine. Uh, I know you're up against the clock, so I'll try to make this quick. I, like you and many others in Raider Nation, just am aggravated that the boroughs are ever ahead of us in anything. But how I try and chill and sleep at night is just think about the way that the NFL skews the schedule. Now, the the Broncos being a fourth-place team, you know they got that fourth-place schedule. And with this Mm. new 17-game schedule, that means they not only get the the last-place teams in the three divisions in the AFC – and then the one in the NFC that we play the West, they also get that fifth game against the fourth-place team. So that's how I uh, justify it in my mind that they are put ahead of us is because they've got all of those, quote-unquote, easier games to play, so they may theoretically have a better record, which I don't think is going to happen. But take that to the bank, and maybe I'll help you sleep better at night, Q. You guys have a great day. Go Raiders. Thanks for the call, my man. I appreciate you. I'm feeling better already, my man. That was a great breakdown. Definitely appreciate that. 2.57 is the time you want to chime in on the show. Feel free to do that. The Raider Nation listener line is 702-365-9200. Sam and Ash text line is 69187. Keyword R&R. Of course, we're broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. We'll come back with cover three plus your calls and texts. What's the Raiders' overall record in 2022 now that you've gone up and down the schedule, examined it? How do you feel like they're going to finish in the AFC West? Get at us, man. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.